Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. It's a disappointing one. Our unbeaten run has finished. 2-0 defeat at Millwall. Can't say it was anything but deserved win for Millwall. They played very well. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Dave Stevens. Hi, Dave. Hi, Paul. And happy birthday to you, Dave, as well. A very happy Jimmy Cabe day to you, too. Oh, yeah. You're, oh, man. Imagine sharing a birthday with Jimmy Kebe and Simon Osborne. Yeah. <laughs> Two of the yeah. best players. I mean, that is a beautiful story, isn't it? But yeah, we've also been joined by uh, Sam Stevenson. Hi, Sam. Hello. So, I think when we saw the team news uh, yesterday, none of us surprised it was 11 changes. I don't think we can sit here with hindsight and say, yeah, we should have brought in this player or maybe done that. I don't think any of us felt that that was a bad decision. Sam, what did you think when you saw the team news? Um, it felt like it made sense to go back to the team that had been doing so well, at least as close to that team as we could get. Um, no gel. But um, yeah, it, 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 it made perfect sense. There, there weren't any surprises. Um, and it's just a shame it didn't live up to the previous 10 or so games. Yeah, it was kind of flat. I felt Millwall just... It's really basic stuff here. And I don't think it was lack of effort from the players. But they just seem to have a bit more intensity throughout the whole of the game. And Mark Bowen was talking about how we lacked a bit of bravery. Not just tackling and all that, but on the ball. We seem to get involved with their game too much. And he said we got involved with the hustle and bustle. And I think he's exactly, he's got it spot on. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think they definitely did their homework. They knew what to expect from Reading. They set up to... Um to beat that basically and did a pretty good job of that um i think the biggest thing for me was it looked like we had a lot of wayward passes and at the time um like weren't finding our man but i think it was actually they knew where we were going to pass it when they were stepping in so yeah their their work rate seemed higher and yeah as you say deserved win yeah very effective display from millwall i mean you know exactly how they're going to play we talked about it on the preview everybody knows that if you've seen Millwall ever play football, they play in the same style. They had 38 crosses yesterday, 10 corners, and we only had one corner. It just, if you have enough crosses into the box, you're working on percentages. And it's the kind of style a lot of Redding fans would love to see at Reading. We love constant crosses into the box. Some of our most effective teams, Brian McDermott, Alan Pardew, and of course the king, that is Steve Koppel, love crossing the ball. I mean, they played a slightly different style to Millwall, but we know what I mean. It's kind of, do you think they kind of worked us out completely, Sam, or do you think it was a case of us playing poorly or them playing better than us? I think it's a bit of all of that, right? Um, I feel like when you play Millwall, it's a bit like when you see a Premier League team play a championship team in the cup and they have less time on the ball and they probably usually usually go on to grind out a result, I guess, but they you see them get caught out a little bit. Um and it felt a bit like that yesterday. You know, we'd been on this run. We'd had players like Charlie Adam having all this space in midfield to find these amazing long balls and players being able to take a touch and look up. And Millwall just don't give you that time. They're just like, it's like having a team of Steve, Steve Sidwells, right? They're just kind of constantly getting in there and just nicking balls away from you. And, and you saw a couple of times yesterday, you know, Ajari would get the ball. And whereas normally he looks up, he's got a bit of time, he'll do a bit of skill and then find a man. Every time he got the ball yesterday, he had someone on him straight away and lost it a couple of times. And there was just no room for error at all. Um, so in that sense, I think they 
just shut down our style of play and 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 actually kind of meant that players like Charlie Adam were complete passengers because they need a bit of time and space and didn't get any of that so we couldn't operate um and then on top of that I just think we were probably off the boil as well um we've seen times this season where we haven't played particularly well we've been under that same kind of pressure but Swift and Ajari have still managed to pull the odds you know bit of um kind of I guess high level play out the bag and we just had none of it yesterday so given that they every across the across the board nobody looked like they were up for it there was that point as well where Raphael who's been one of our saviors this season came rushing out of goal um hit one of their players in the head who then narrowly headed wide um he was so late and you know from top to bottom it just looked like everyone was off the pace Pushkas came on didn't look like he was he was up for it at all um it, it was it's easy to say that it was any one thing it's easy to say we were bad and that's the reason they won I don't think that's the case I think you know we've had games this season where we haven't played that well and we've still managed to get a goal or at least create some chances but yesterday I think it was literally a case of of them being more up for it having a game plan that really really didn't suit us in any way and also us being off the boil um across the board no one really shone no one really stood out um so it's a bit of everything really yeah, maybe one player I thought had an okay game, maybe it was because the rest of the team was quite poor, was Pele. I thought he was okay yesterday. I thought he did quite well. And he's consistently been one of our best players in the last month or so. He's really upped his game. Formation seems to suit him perfectly. Kind of, I think we did have some chances and one of them, a couple of them fell to Sam Bulldog. Now, obviously... All respect to um, uh, Sam Boulder, which obviously means I'm going to say something which is disrespectful, isn't it? We all know that's how it works. But Jao is an upgrade from him. He's a very different style of player. If you put those two together, they're going to work perfectly because you've got the right combination there. But I just, we desperately needed that player up front. That means to call Jao a big lump is being, yet again, disrespectful towards him because he's got far more than that. What? How are we going to solve this issue, Dave, of having no jowl? <clears throat> we can assume that we're going to sign someone, but we don't know. What do we? What's our formula? Do we go change the formation, or do we stick with it as it is and hope it works? Yes, yeah, so I'm a very cautious person uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. If you ever watch me uh, in any failed seasons on Football Manager, you'll see that that's the case. But um, this formation has been working so well for us. Um, you're like loath to change it, and it does fit Pele very well. It does uh, bring out the best from Tyler Blackett and, and various others. Um, the problem we have is that Baldock cannot play that role. Um, and I love Sam Baldock. I think he's great. And earlier in the season, he really his work rate did a lot for us. Um, but especially against a team like Millwall, you see the size of them. You see the size of him. He can't be the lone striker up there. So you've either got to bring in somebody that can play that. Pushkas cannot. Um, never been his strength um, that we've seen so far. Um, we, we really just don't have an option that can do that. So we've either got to sign someone that can do what Lucas Zhao does, which, again, that's a tricky proposition. There's not a ton of those strikers around. And even if they are around, do they want to come to us right now? Can we afford them? All of these considerations. Uh, so then, of course, you fall back on, well, we're going to have to look at potentially changing the formation. And uh, I don't have a, an answer for, for where we should go there, uh, other than to say that for the striker situation, you're going to need to be able to accommodate two strikers. Yeah, I think you're going to have to. If you're gonna... <sighs> 
Unless, I mean, you could possibly go for Puskas and Baldock together. And that had a little kind of relative success. But I'm not sure. What do you think, Sam? Um, I think I think it's going to be hard this season to um, find a pairing that works consistently. Given that, like, we've just talked about how uh, Millwall are potentially the issue with playing Bulldog up front on his own, whereas there will be other teams that we absolutely can possibly get away with doing that. So I think it's just, you, you, it would be in an ideal world, we'd be strong enough that we could start our favoured first 11 every week and it would just work. But I think given the kind of um, uh, variety of different styles of football you see in the championship, you, you need to play your opposition. So I don't think we're going to easily just find two that work all the time I think we're going to have to keep chopping and changing and for that reason ideally you want maybe two even possibly three systems that can work on occasion um and again that that you know that's an issue because when you look at our midfield um we've got Ijario and Swift who okay yeah they're, they're both different players but for all intents and purposes they're covering the same kind of position they're both like attacking creative players you've got Pele and Rinomota who again are probably trying to vie for that same kind of position of breaking up the player midfield and then you've got Charlie Adam who is a luxury player really um, if you've got space you can find passes if you don't you know so you've got to find a couple of systems that work when you've only got really two types of player in midfield um, and then they've got to support whatever system you decide to play up front. So I, I think it's a really complicated answer. I don't think it's as easy as just saying, yeah, we've got two players that work well together because we've seen Pushkas and Zhao work well this season together. We've also seen Bulldog and Zhao work well this season together. Um, but there's so a thing there, isn't there? You know, we're missing really, that. We're missing Zhao. Basically, yeah. we could have just, just summed it up by saying we miss Zhao. And that is yeah. it. Anyone Zhao. <laughs> Let's but even him. even Get with um, yeah, it'd be nice if we could clone him. Let's let's work on that. But I think like one thing about it is um, like Zhao scored some decent goals and and he he has that obviously as a striker to offer. But the biggest thing we miss when he's out is the ball going up the pitch and not coming straight back down. Yeah. So you often wonder as well is do we have somebody that could be in a more advanced role? that isn't necessarily there to score goals, but someone that will hold the ball up. Do we have that? Can we be creative there? Um, and I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, to be quite honest. But uh, maybe if it's like we don't have a striker, like is there a player we can bring from somewhere else or like signing or like, I mean, it's a big shout Murray. to say the academy. Sorry? Murray's, Murray, Murray's Murray, a good yeah. player, right? I, tried, I was trying not to mention him because I think it's a long shot, but like, yeah, it sounds like he's already made... Um, kind of option for exactly what I'm describing there but um yeah I think it's it's you saw that a lot yesterday as well like I I think even if Zhao had been there I don't think we necessarily would have won the game but I think that it's less likely that we would have conceded to um because the ball every time we cleared it it would just be back down our throats again not long after well, there's uh, there an element as well of like um game plan being the issue right because you can't just say well, this style of play has been working for us and this formation has been working for us. So let's try and keep doing it, but switch out the key kind of linchpin of that formation and why it works and just keep trying to do it. And that worries me a little bit when it comes to tactics from the manager. I'd, it would be nice if... if Because we saw how quickly he said, OK, we want to be getting the ball further forward when he first came in quicker. 
And he managed to implement that within about two games. So you'd like to think with Zhao being out, he'd say, OK, right, we're going to try and keep the ball on the deck now. And we're going to try and build up a little bit slower, maybe again, just so we're not losing possession over and over again. But we're not seeing any attempt to switch that out. Um, and that worries me a little bit. Uh, uh, and that's definitely, I think, a Bowen issue rather than a personnel issue, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... Would you say yesterday, talking about the tactics of the manager, it was the right time to take Pele off when it was 1-0 down? Considering we were being dominated, and I understand that we're going for another goal, but it just left us so wide open to the counter-attack. I actually That's jumped... exactly how the second goal kind of came across, wasn't it? I mean, Bodvarsson finishes it lovely. One of the best finishes he's, I've seen him actually get. I mean, I've definitely seen him miss from there. <laughs> but he... Yeah, I can't have anything bad to say about Bodvarsson. I think he was more than a good enough striker. I mean, if we had Bodvarsson now, would he get in the team at this moment? He'd never get in the team ahead of Jao. But if we had him in the squad, would you put him in the team at the moment, Dave? Uh, oh, that's a tricky one. I, I don't recall him holding the ball up that well. <laughs> I think he's, uh, he's, he's a big lad, but he's another one that bit like Baldock really like if you get the ball into him and he can run onto it chances are he he may get a good shot on target um I don't know that that I would bring him in if we still had him and I again I have nothing against him and yeah you saw people yesterday calling him a Judas for scoring against <laughs> it's like we we told him we had no interest in keeping him around and he had to find another club what do you think he's going to do when he scores against him <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, Bodvarsson was completely forced out by Gomez. Mm-hmm. And that's a managerial decision. I mean, he, if we had him here, we were definitely not going to be like 10 places higher in the league. That yeah. wasn't going to happen. It's just a minor thing. So I still think there was key moments in that match. Yes, just before halftime, Raphael plays a long ball up through the middle of the pitch. He's obviously genius in his head. He sees up running through. It's completely deliberate. He knows what he's doing. He's Brazilian, so he knows these things. <laughs> Baldock hesitates for a moment, and then he just thinks, if you just get that shot away, and we get the first goal yesterday, the whole dynamic of the game is changed completely. It's not one of those sitter misses when you think, oh, he's definitely going to score here. We just think, get a shot away slightly quicker. And then we also have the swift chance, which comes just before the Millwall first goal. And you think, just stretch a bit further. We just, no shots on target. I wish he got his head on it. Yeah, I just something. If he'd gone for it with his head rather than trying to get over it with his foot, I think he probably would have had a, a good chance of getting it on target at least. But he was stretching, and that was the issue. Um, yeah. John Swift and head is not necessarily. John's just not a striker, is he? So he's not going to be. <laughs> John Swift's never going to be instinctive in front of a goal like that because he's not a striker. He's great when he's got a bit of time on the ball to kind of let it sit up and then just hit it. But when he's got to be instinctive in front of goal, most strikers, you would have thought they would have just gone with their head. But because he's yeah. not, he's just tried to do what he always does and get his foot around it. And yeah, it's a real shame. Real shame. But yeah, again, another good cross from Tyler Blackett. Yeah. You know? So yeah, give him a new contract. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. no, if you don't give me a new contract uh, that's life isn't it you move on but I just think maybe you should have one so just a frustrating day overall when we concede from a cross from Matt Smith he was a complete menace to us through the whole afternoon it just felt inevitable at some point there was going to be a scramble from a cross and I don't think it was really poor defending just one of those ones that just 
he hits it, hits the post and goes in. Um, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's a good finish. Like, Raphael had no chance. It was right in the corner. But um, it was one where it's funny that like, earlier in the game, they had like these sustained periods of somewhat pressure. Like the commentary was, was saying like, oh, we're under the cash, all of this. And I didn't really feel that worried. Like they, yes, they had the ball. Yes, they were putting in, but we were dealing with it right before the, the goal. Um, it was, there were enough people packed in the box. Like it was crowded and the ball just kept coming in and our clearances were going like, if, if anything, just outside the 18 yard box, maybe not even as far as that. And it kept coming. And I was just sat there thinking, you clear it, just get it, just pump it. Somebody hit it, somebody get a foot on it. And it wasn't even that people were trying to try uh, fancy passes or anything. It was, we just couldn't get it out. And you just had that feeling of dread. Like, one of these is going to ping back in on target and then with all these bodies in the way like what are you going to do and sure enough it was it was a well-taken finish but um it's one that you kind of saw coming uh, in the build-up yeah it's kind of and obviously we just said we reacted to it by taking off Pele we put on Gareth McCleary um I don't think he really did that much of an impact Jordan Abita again didn't really have that much of an impact um Puskas I mean, I looked up his uh, stats on who scored and it said he had zero touches of the ball. Now, that's definitely not true because <laughs> for the second goal, he definitely did touch it. But I don't know, it just kind of like reflects how dominant Millwall were throughout the whole of that second half, really. We just didn't get into it at all, except for that one moment for the swift chance. Um, you can see why the seventh, can't you? Yeah, you really can. I think the... The substitutions, um, uh, you can see like on paper what happens. Like, okay, go down, let's take the initiative, let's go for it. But you look at how the game had gone, and it's like taking out the person that was breaking up the play and actually having a bit of luck in the middle of the field defensively and putting on Gareth McCleary, who, again, not one of the haters, but he didn't really contribute anything yesterday. Um, and he's not alone. Many many players didn't contribute no. anything yesterday. But, you know, that that switch particularly um, just didn't make sense to me. Like, now, now we're going to leave ourselves open at the back uh, and not bring on anyone that would offer something that would change against the system we're facing. It, it seems strange. Yeah, it kind of reflected the lack of depth in our squad, doesn't it? We haven't got another midfielder we can come on who can creative... We haven't, I mean, Elise wasn't his day yesterday, definitely, even if he was in the squad. It was not a match for him to be playing in, so that makes sense. But, yeah, frustrating. And I just think, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do in this window. If we need to sign, ideally, I think at least one midfielder looking at the situation. And definitely, 100%, if I could go up to 110, I would, but I don't believe in that. A striker. Must sign a striker. We only need two players. And I think... Playoffs, I, I can't see it. I just can't see us doing that. But wh- where do you think we're going to finish, uh, Sam? Playoffs? Uh, no, <laughs> I um, no. I don't know. Or to be, I, I don't care as long as it's not a relegation battle. Um, anything above that is a bonus. If we beat a few teams along the way and we have an exciting ride, great. That's a, a positive compared to the last few seasons. Um, I think it kind of, for me now, hinges on what Bowen does. Um tactically because I think he's proven in the last 10 games or so that he's got a squad who can challenge most of the teams in the league on their day if we're set up correctly and we've got everyone fit 
Um, there've been a few games uh, where Bowen has made made some strange decisions at points that he doesn't really need to that have actually cost us games. Um, example of that obviously being yesterday where we where we took off Pele who was playing reasonably well um, and then things kind of fell apart in midfield. We've had a few situations like this before where fans have pointed to a specific sub. I think we took off Miazga in a game a while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, and went to four at the back, yeah, yeah. And, and it fell apart there as well. And that was also, it felt like an unnecessary change. Um, was that against Birmingham? Game. I can't remember. Birmingham. I think it was Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, because I remember yeah, that. Because Morrison was having a bad game and he took yeah. off Miazga, yeah. Yeah, and it was, and it's like, you're looking at these decisions and they scream to me anyway in experience um it's like okay you need to know how to not just manage um your team man for man tactically you need to also know you know how um the team are going to react to any kind of change at any point in the game and I feel like that's one of the things that Bowen hasn't necessarily got down yet I think he's got lucky a few times where he's brought someone on suddenly my Wigan being the example of that right like everything turns around you're like wow genius but it still feels like he's not quite there yet as a manager. Um, and so I, for me, that's where it lies. I think some of his decision-making hasn't been top, top-notch. And I think he's just got a, a, a pretty good squad who have just managed to kind of make it work over the la- last 10 games or so. And that is down to him in some way. I'm not saying it's nothing to do with Bowen. It absolutely is. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, like it all depends on what he does. Um, some of it will be January. Some of it will be if we bring anyone in the next week or so. Um, but ultimately I think it'll be how he sets them up. Um, and, and the decisions he makes during a game, um, you know, sometimes a draw is okay. You know, like yesterday, if we got a draw at Millwall would have been fine. When we played Birmingham, we were, we were very much like, it was a boring game, but it was very much a dead game. No one was going to take anything from it. He went and made a change and it fell apart for us. Um, and so I think it would be nice to see him just say, okay, we'll take a draw and, and just play for that occasionally. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's really hard for me to call. I know I draw these answers out. I'm sorry, man. It's just, <laughs> I go into my head and I'm like, oh, you know. But, it's fine. Yeah. It's good. It's good. We want to know. Think, let it all out. I think it is one of those where, like, obviously Bowen is inexperienced as a manager and and that comes out sometimes. Um, You do have the flip side where Fulham uh, brought Miazga on. uh, Again, was that for Pele as well? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for Pele. Um, Anyway, he went to, like, another um, defender when they just got back to 2-1 and we were like... and I was like, oh, what's he doing here? And then you look at it and it was exactly it the right well. decision. Sure. Um, so he, he has had those moments. And then with what I feel like with um, the Zhao situation is, so he pretty quickly found this formation that worked and got the team working. Um, now he's having that first experience as a manager where you've got something that's great, but then it doesn't work anymore. Like, how does he respond to that? And I think it's the next couple of games that we're going to see what he if he persists again with trying the same formula and trying to slot someone into the Zhao role then that's going to scream naivety to me that he's not responding to the situation um i i do think that um yesterday was a disappointed performance with um a lot of people not playing how we want them to and against an opposition that knew exactly what to do it it felt crap yesterday but before that, 
there were all these signs of positivity and I think we we can give it just a little bit of, of time before we we get too worried I've I've never really felt like playoffs was a thing for us this season um I think it's really exciting to like it's possible it's definitely something we could achieve um but I don't even know if it's a, a great idea <laughs> like no, 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 I know what you're saying. Just outside, I'd be like as happy as possible, you know? We go up there and we could get absolutely blitzed and then you're back to even worse than where you were. Financially, yeah, Premier it's great. Kia, though. Come on. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, no, there is that factor. And also, whilst I was saying that, I was thinking, yeah, but Paul, our owners are absolutely minted. <laughs> yeah, they are. They've got a vested like, interest yeah. in keeping us up there. Let's chuck the money at it. Like... Definitely. Yeah. Also, I mean, say, just to be very clear, like... If we made the playoffs, I would be celebrating like I'd always wanted it. And if we somehow managed to go up, I'd be telling everyone how it was always on the cards. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm only pragmatic <laughs> when it's not happening. <laughs> I like the way that you, you're happy to take the credit for it, Dave. It's very nice, yeah. <laughs> Claim everything. Claim everything. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Forest away on Wednesday, which is going to be another really tough match. As we saw in the match that we played against them only recently, with Jordan and Beta playing a key part in actually get, getting the point for us. That was another game which felt a little bit like yesterday's. They completely bombarded us in midfield for the first 45 minutes. We kind of worked out a little bit in the second half. We were the better team. But that Ben Watson and Sam Basau in midfield completely destroyed us in the first half. And that's Sam Basau. He needs to be booked early. We need to get onto that ref and say, yeah. book him straight away, get in their face. Just like the Millwall players yesterday. I've got no problem with that. We need arseholes in the team. That's why we need Miazga back. Because yeah, he is yep. an arsehole on the pitch. <laughs> That's nothing against Morrison. I'm not bothered by him not being in the team. But I think... How do you think it's going to go, Sam? Um, I feel like without Zhao and the team, it's going to be similar possibly to the last few weeks. If we manage to get anything out of the game, I think it'll be largely backs to the wall by the end of the game, by the end of the match. Um, but... It's a tough place to go. I mean, everywhere is a tough place to go. It's a bit of a cliche, but like it is, it is a tough game. We could have done with playing them when we were going to back in November when they had quite a few injuries. Um, and yeah, it's it. I, I can't see us getting anything out of the game. To be honest, I think you know as long as we don't get as long as we don't get smashed, I'll be okay. Um, but I I just feel like. We just haven't found a formation yet. Like Dave said earlier, if we can if we can try something different, we might get something out of the game. But I just think that Bowen will persevere with this personally. And I think we'll end up trying to slot somebody in there. I think Pushkas might be back in, you know, starting possibly. And we're just gonna keep trying to do what we've been doing for the last ten games or so. And I just don't think it's gonna work with you know, with the players we've got. I, I also think we could drop Charlie Adam um, and bring in Winamoto just to give a bit more steel to midfield. But if, if yeah, I think I think it's going to be a struggle. I think it will be a struggle. I mean, I'd love to be optimistic about it and say that we're going to go there and win, but they're in fifth place. We saw that then they don't give away many chances at all. They've only just got a three-one win today against Luton Town, so they're not weren't phased by going a goal behind. And I know if you're a Redden fan, you listen to this thinking we are better than Luton Town, which I hundred percent agree with you that we are definitely better than Luton Town. Still one of the worst teams I've ever seen at the Medeski Stadium in the Championship. <laughs> abysmal. Abysmal. If they stay up, I would be astonished. But what is your prediction for the game on Wednesday then, uh, Dave? Uh, so I think the key thing for me will be the way the last one ended. 
we've kind of, if you imagine uh, Forrest or a wasp, right, we've put it in a jar and we've shook it up <laughs> and we've opened it up yeah. and we're going to see what happens. Now, there's going to be a lot of like, like reve- out for revenge kind of a thing from Forrest. We, we came out on top out of the two of that experience uh, with the last minute goal. So like, I feel like if it's the same players, which it probably will be, uh, there'll be like a point to prove like, oh yeah, we got you again. We're going to do you twice. I want to see which way it falls, whether like we get the little bo- like bonus from like wanting to prove something or whether we just get steamrolled because they're so pissed after last time. Um, fully agree with what you both said. It's, it's going to be a really tough game. Um, coming off the back of the unbeaten run, uh, ending. I don't know if that has a psychological effect. I really wish it wasn't the next game. Um, I do think that a positive result is going to be managing a draw. And I'm I'm steeled up. I'm ready for a defeat. Um, but again, I w- I'm not going to lose my, my no toys out of the pram if we do lose because it's. I mean, look at how Forest are doing. Um, and and as I say, we've we've discussed at length for the last little while. Um, the, the issues we're facing um, with with our striker situation right now and, and a couple of other performances. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say it's probably not going to be a game where we'll have the the space for Charlie Adam to do what Charlie Adam does. So, yeah, bring in Rinomota and, and hope we can, we can grind something out. Yeah, which also will hopefully bring kind of Ijari a bit more central so then gets him more involved in the match. I think maybe we'd change to a 3-5-2, but we'll see. We don't know what he's going to do at all. We're just guessing, aren't we? But despite us all kind of predicting that we're going to lose, I mean, I think we're going to lose at Forest, but hopefully I'm wrong. I still think we can be really positive about the situation. Considering where Mark Bowen came in, we would have snatched your hand off to go for that nine-match unbeaten run, win at Fulham, beat Preston twice. I don't think we should be feeling too bad downbeat. We're 12 points clear of the relegation zone. Just just remember that, how good that feels, not to be in that battle. We can just afford looking at, we yeah, can yeah. afford to like 12. You know, why not? Yeah. What I mean is like, yeah, we can absolutely afford, even though we've got Zhao out and it doesn't look that positive at the moment. If we go on a, you know, a little bit of a run now where we lose a few games and it, things don't look quite as rosy as they did look, we've kind of built ourselves that, position where we can allow that we can kind of let that happen because if we end up slipping back down a little bit it's fine as long as we don't find ourselves you know two three points above the relegation zone um yeah. you know where we are we... striker by the time we play forest we could have another striker it's not impossible okay. these things happen very very quickly all of a sudden yeah. something could come out and we've signed some peruvian wonder star from like i don't know so I can't give any proving clubs now. I'm really <laughs> struggling. <laughs> I, I don't so think anyone listening would either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you can give a Peruvian club without yeah. googling in it. I'm worried for you. I've got to say, I'm a little bit worried. But yeah. So thanks a lot for listening. If you're not following us on uh, Instagram or the Gram, as the kids call it, and I'm not a kid. No, the Gram. That sounds too druggy. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You went with that reference there, Sam. Not me. And also uh, Facebook or Facey B, as really sad people call it. All right, then. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye.